Welcome to the Business Perspectives by Hawk FX, a podcast series with industry experts in international business, providing clarity on doing business overseas. Hawk FX, clarity through perspective. I'm Paul Harvey, and welcome to the Business Perspectives podcast with Hawk FX. Today, we're covering the currency market forecast for the third quarter, and I'm with Greg Smith of Hawk FX. Welcome, Greg. Thanks, Paul. Good to be here. Good to talk to you. So what's changed in the last quarter, Greg? It seems like quite a lot. I mean, we've seen an awful lot of economic improvements uh, over the course of the quarter. Things do seem to be getting back to normal in the UK. Uh, We've seen a solid path. All the data is improving. We've seen the employment situation remain pretty strong. We've seen GDP continue to move higher and and looks to be carrying on in that vein. Uh, In the US and Europe, similar sort of paths, both coming out stronger, a bit stronger in the US. Probably the biggest thing that that's then led to is inflation picking up. Probably talk about that a bit later when we come back to the US later on. And and that's probably the big thing that is going to keep the central bankers thinking about what they're doing and give them some food for thought on, on what they need to do next. On the COVID side, it certainly seems like we're a lot further forward than where we were three months ago. In the US, they've said... COVID is, the pandemic is over effectively. And here we're marching towards the the 19th and and Freedom Day, uh, assuming things don't get rolled back at some point. I think what has really become clearer coming into the third quarter with respect to COVID is where we've seen the vaccine and life returning to normal and the areas that haven't vaccinated or haven't had access And I think the theme maybe over the next quarter is that we'll see that having an impact on different areas and different countries and regions being at different stages and that being a bit of a a two-speed world. A two-speed world. Uh, That's a really good quote, isn't it? Is that yours? Is that your line, Greg? (laughs) Just came to me. There's got to be a better gear or car or something quote in there. But yeah, two speeds as, as far as I got for now. So how is that going to affect markets over the next year, do you think? I think there are still an enormous amount of unknowns around COVID, as we said, with the two-speed world and different areas being affected in different ways. We're, as I say, marching forward and reopening, but the number of cases is going up uh, significantly. We don't know how effective the vaccines are going to be against any other variants. And whilst there are still huge areas and and countries that haven't been vaccinated, it seems likely that we will get other variants and it'll then be a case of how they impact, where they end up, whether the vaccine's effective and whether we end up having to go back into into lockdowns in in some countries or all countries or you know what those restrictions uh, end up looking like so i think that's probably the biggest unknown and what we're going to be facing over the next few months we saw from the previous disruptions and lockdowns the impact on supply chains on economies on things slowing down and, and going into furlough and then struggling to open up again. And that has been another element that's led to inflation 
in certain areas. So in the US, it's certainly in the short term, it's gone up quite high. It's up to around 5% on the latest measure. Similarly, in the UK, we've seen it go up a little bit less uh, and in Europe and elsewhere. But again, what we're starting to see is some divergence in where there's inflation and in what the central banks think they might need to do about that. And will that be a bad thing for the pound? Good question. At the moment, we've really come out of COVID and and Brexit with some disruptions to the supply chain. We've got unemployment uh, that's still very low, but we don't know how that's going to pan out with the furlough schemes once they're rolled back, which is coming up shortly. So at the moment, it looks like we're going to see a fairly solid continuation of of the the stronger quarter that we had last time. And and we expect to see further strength going forward in the economy and, and then likely for the pound. The difficulty at the moment is that if we get any further disruption, any further waves from COVID, if once the furlough scheme is rolled back, we see that start to cut demand and and the economy not look as good as it does at the moment, then that could then start to be worse for the pound. At the moment, the Bank of England have been talking about whether they need as much stimulus, as much bond buying, asset buying as they've been doing. Uh, And again, if the economy continues to look good, if inflation starts to look like it's going higher, then they will have to start talking about raising rates. And that's likely to lead to further sterling strength. So overall, we think sterling is likely to move higher. It's still below where it has been in the long term. And that would be potentially quite a good thing for importers, for holidaymakers, if we do manage to see people travelling. But again, might weigh on the manufacturing sector ultimately. Oh, you mentioned holidays there, Greg. <laughs> so well, We remain hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, close my eyes and dream. So I think it's getting better now that we can holiday in, in Europe. As you were saying before, we're hoping to. <laughs> I think it still feels like it, it might be a bit of a challenge between our restrictions and and theirs. With Europe generally, they were slower to secure vaccines and to start rolling out their vaccine programmes. They are now catching up and they're they're not so far behind the US and the UK and, and others in terms of the level of vaccines that they've got, but it's still a bit of a way behind and they haven't yet had a real pickup from the Delta variant that we're having issues with in the UK. Will opening up and and travel over the summer mean that there's more of that imported into Europe? Quite possibly. Will they bring the shutters down a bit on the UK again? Don't know. Angela Merkel suggested that might be a good idea a little while ago, but seems to have rode back from that now. Clearly, Europe is a significant beneficiary from the UK and wider afield from income over the holiday period so they, they don't want to miss out on that but equally if we end up uh, seeing cases pick up there and seeing further restrictions it's going to have a bigger impact again on the euro economy they already had really a worse showing from uh, the impacts than the us or the uk they're just coming out of what was effectively another double dip recession Uh, As a result of the slower vaccine rollout, less support from the central bank. And even now, the EC fund, the the next generation recovery fund, 
is still in the process of getting ready to disperse money. So they've raised uh, effectively 750 billion euros of euro bonds and they're planning to disperse around 80 billion euros of that by the year end. But when you look at the size of the breaks and the, the cash that was given out directly in the US and the UK, it's much smaller and it's obviously much, much later. So it does seem within Europe like it's just been you know, a few steps behind other countries. And has that impacted on the euro at all? It has. And we, we saw the euro much weaker earlier on in the quarter. And it, it's come back a bit now whilst we've seen the vaccine programme catching up and things are looking brighter generally in, in Europe. Inflation has been lower. And as a result, the European Central Bank hasn't been talking about raising rates, hasn't really even been talking about taking away the stimulus that they've put in place. So in that respect, I think it's more likely that the euro will remain on the back foot and and probably will continue to look a bit weaker over the course of this year. And we also then have the risk of a third wave that we haven't seen yet and also how that might impact Europe whilst they've got less vaccinations, a lower vaccination rate. So it certainly seems uh, from our perspective to be a negative for the euro in the medium term. And we saw at the, the recent meeting by the US Federal Reserve, the dollar picked up a few percent uh, mm-hmm. on the back of their comments that the US was, the economy was doing better and that they may then have to start thinking about raising rates sooner. Okay, so the US seems to be coming out of the pandemic fairly well. Is that is that a fair comment? Again, yes, I would say so. The economic data coming out of the US is, is probably the strongest, uh, maybe outside of, of China. The employment situation continues to improve very strongly. It's still, I think, a little bit lower than in terms of overall employment than where we were at the start of the pandemic. They probably had the biggest cut because of US labour laws and, and other factors. So they had a, a, a very significant drop in employment uh, as we went into the pandemic, but they've got almost all of those losses back. The vaccine take up has been very good, albeit I think that's one of the risks where it seems to have hit a bit of a wall. Perhaps some vaccine hesitancy, some of the anti-vaxxers and people that are less keen and on vaccines, which means that they're sort of still well below the UK, but doesn't seem to be going higher. So it's a bit of a question of whether that's enough to stop further flare-ups. But on the positive, uh, I think, again, maybe from a political perspective, it was quite nice to do it. But Joe Biden declared an end to the pandemic, sort of symbolically in the run-up to the 4th of July celebrations, which I thought, I, I think Boris and uh, and him have uh, maybe been chatting about the sort of Freedom Day and, and trying to... Uh, uh, to get people <laughs> feeling like they've done this great job of, of getting the country through these difficult times and feeling like we're getting back to normal. The other thing that I think will continue to be a big positive for the US is the infrastructure spending. So it remains to be seen how much Joe Biden will get through the lawmakers, but he's pushing to do probably the biggest uh, infrastructure spending plans in in US history and that will continue you know the more of that he gets through the more will feed through to the economy and, and will will provide you know real ongoing boosts to the US economy this year but certainly for for some time to come 
And how will this impact on inflation then? Good question. And we, I, I mentioned earlier, we have seen inflation in the US up to around about 5%, which is the highest for certainly a number of years. Not just inflation itself picking up, but if you look at, at specific products and areas within the economy, shipping, I think we talked on one of the other podcasts about shipping and, and transport and shipping is currently around about four times higher in terms of shipping costs than, than last year. So, Greg, why is the cost of shipping, why has it gone up so high? Yeah, so it's really supply side constraints is the main issue. When we went into COVID, some of the supply was shut down, so the demand wasn't there. So some of those supply lines were furloughed, uh, less ships were travelling, less goods were moving around. Uh, we talked, I think, again previously about containers themselves not being in the right places. So in order to get goods from China, the demand's picked up. There's a lack of containers oils tied to all of these things together just mean that there is limited capacity to move goods and so people are having to pay more in order to do it and again across the piece it's a similar story in in lumber so in the u.s most houses compared to the uk where we use bricks predominantly most houses are built out of out of timber and lumber prices again where lumber mills have shut down because there wasn't the demand it takes a while for them to pick back up so if you want it now and you want to build a house now you have to pay what people are charging and so it's it's that lack of supply argument that then sees prices driven up ultimately and what the federal reserve is saying is most of these factors are temporary so we won't need to hike rates maybe and the supply side will come back online and, and prices will come back down but you know it remains to be seen and do you think interest rates will need to go up accordingly then what's what are your thoughts again not for a while i think at least but in the recent federal reserve meeting they moved some of their forecasts in. So rates weren't expected to go up until 2024, which seems ludicrously far ahead, given the state of the economy now. Some of those forecasts were brought back to 2023, which is still in a couple of years time. So it wouldn't surprise me if we start to see some of those rates come in even further if we don't see inflation start to fall. And, and that's the big if that the market's grappling with at the moment. We've also, again, going back to the, the theme I mentioned earlier about different things in different places. So in Canada, for instance, we've also seen effects of inflation in Australia and New Zealand, less so where there's there's been less local demand and they've got had had slightly different issues again in in europe rather less inflation than we've seen in the united states and how are their economies coming out of covid greg with canada again rising raw material prices and, and oil have really supported the canadian dollar they have had and actually, I, I guess Canada, New Zealand, Australia, as, as the ones we look at in the, the report, all have been much slower in terms of the vaccine rollout. And that remains a bit of a risk in Canada because of rising raw materials uh, and oil prices. We actually have the central bank there looking to hike rates. 
because they don't want to see they want to see off inflation before it starts to take hold whereas in australia actually the reserve bank of australia has talked about potentially having to cut rates because the economy is is at risk of of being left behind if some of those restrictions are kept in place uh, and again it, it really highlights some of the differences between the ways countries have approached this situation with australia and new zealand having very strong lockdowns which has really kept the impact directly from covid uh, at bay if you look at the numbers of cases and the number of of deaths but unfortunately because they've had a much slower vaccine rollout it hasn't been as politically important as it has in the uk and the us where we've been hit and europe where we've been hit much harder as we come out of it they're in a slightly different place where they can't really release the lockdown because they're not vaccinated they don't want to let it in but as a result the economies may well end up being at a slightly slower pace because they still have these restrictions in in place for some time longer so again it feels like what we're likely to see over the course of this year is that divergence in economies divergence in strategies we've seen and and effects and ongoing effects from covid and and some of that will then lead through to rates as a result to fx rates as a result well thank you greg for your insight into the currency market forecast for this third quarter very interesting topics that you brought up there so thank you for your time thanks paul i think it'll be another interesting quarter ahead so thank you for listening to business perspectives podcast by hawk fx Clarity Through Perspective. Thank you for listening to Business Perspectives by Hawk FX. Clarity Through Perspective. For all your money transfer needs, whether you are a business or an individual, visit hawkfx.com.